0: On this episode of Why Watch That,
1: she has a problematic mother. That's what I'd call her, played by Adrian Lennox, of all people. Oh yeah, so this is a piece of work. You see Adrian, and you gonna get you it. You just, you just know. This is like if you're in Greenwich Village in New York City for the holidays. Like, I mean, the title of that book says so much, and so also. Much. When you say Paul Verhoeven, you know what you're going to get. Okay, Showgirls, everybody, among other things. I mean, his career spans movies. You you go, wait, he directed Showgirls? And he directed, like, uh, Robocop or something? And I'll called Starship
0: Troopers.
1: Yeah, yeah, Basic Instinct. Yeah. What we see is across a five-day work week, them getting prepared to do a certain episode of their show I love Lucy <laughs> da, 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 da,
0: da, da. Love that theme song
1: Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic
0: and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and
1: TV shows Hollywood has to offer Expect the unexpected from the critic
0: well nothing gets past the ref
1: We do all the work
0: so you don't have to Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch That, that.
1: So, critic, are you gonna buy me a coffee? Maybe we have a
0: mishmash of movies to talk about. We are going to I mean, do we have... ever <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, you couldn't get more like what different time periods, different focus, uh, but all focusing around women for the most part. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start off with our two first looks. Why oh, watch that first look? First one we're going to talk about is Bruised, which is absolutely getting all of the buzz because this is the directorial debut from a history making actress. Hmm. And it was filmed right after one of Hollywood's famous franchises that she just started. We're talking about Holly Berry. Now, Hold on, before we get oh. into all of that. Whoa. This is on Netflix, but you can see it in... the Or you could have seen it in theaters starting on November 17th. It may or may not still be around where you are, but it's certainly there on Netflix for you to watch. Uh, it stars Holly Berry. It's directed by Holly Berry, but written by Michelle Rosenfarb. The cast also has Aiden Canto, uh, you know, Jacob Crespo... Uh, Layla Lauren, you know, on and on people that I'm not really for sure you know who some of these people, some of them are are real fighters Mm -hmm. Um, and when we say fighters you'll figure out in a second what we mean by that. She filmed this not too long after John Wick 3 Antebellum Mm -hmm. and it was a very, very physical very very physical role and she decided to, she got the script and she was like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to do this film and I'm going to direct it and I want to talk about an aging woman and, you know, what that means athletically, what it means in her body, what it means you know, the, the life that this character's decided to choose to live. Um, and so, now it's out there. <sighs> Question is, is this something you are fighting to see?
1: Oh. Yeah. Will you be bruised up afterward. Ooh.
0: Oh, you whoa, know.
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. So, Holly plays Jackie Pretty Bull Justice. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. How'd she get that name Pretty Bull? And she's a washed up former UFC fighter. Of course, she has a past, and she has regrets. Now, We see her early on hiding her drinking. She'll put some booze in places you wouldn't even think about. Mm. Why? Now, she lives with her manager and boyfriend, Desi, played by Eden Canto. What's that relationship like? Now, he is the manager. So what does he want from her? And what kind of guy is he? Is he as supportive as he should be? Is he really thinking of Jackie and her best interest? Now, in addition, she has a problematic mother. That's what I'd call her. Okay. Played by Adrian Lennox, of all people. Oh, yeah. So this is a piece of work. You <laughs> see Adrian, and you're gonna you going to get it. Just, you just know. And this is Angel McQueen, Jackie's mother. What's that relationship like? What does Angel think about Jackie? And What does Jackie think about Angel? Mm-hmm. Now, early on in the movie, someone interrupts Jackie's life or half-life. And it's a little kid who's sitting on the steps of her house. Brought to her by her mother who is this little kid played by Dandy Boy Jr.? His name is Manny. Well, you'll know when you see it. And this kid coming into Jackie's life might change everything, but how? For the good, for the bad? Will everything be upended? Now, as a result of this encounter, and as a a result of Desi, the manager, trying to get her back into things, Jackie does end up in a fight. And this fight leads to an opportunity. Because she might have a path to redemption. And this path will be cut by two people. Mm. An up-and-coming hot shot promoter, played by Shamir Anderson. His name is Immaculate. Now he okay. owns this, this like MMA league. And he, you know, he's like a Don King 2.0. Okay. <laughs> and he has A certain trainer in mind for Jackie. And this trainer you don't mess with. Bobby Budokan Baroa. Played by (laughs) Sheila (laughs) Ateem. Now Bobby and Jackie, how do they get along? Because does Bobby really believe that Jackie can do this? Bobby's kind of like, I don't know. And you'll see how their relationship develops. So the question is... Can she be in fighting shape for this up-and-coming redemption fight? Because Immaculate tells her, I can get you back into the UFC. You do what I'm telling you. Now, just a shout out. Stephen McKinley Henderson is in this as well. As pops. So he's trading Jackie as well. So, you know, he's like, you know, that voice he's that that person in the background and really he was casted because Hallie went, all right, this character isn't that developed. We need somebody who you see him and, you know, Mm -hmm. you see him and, you know, so with all of that said, this is in the gritty indie genre. You've seen this kind of thing before. It's very familiar. I wasn't quite buying it all the way I have to say, but it's not bad, especially since it's Hallie's first directorial effort and she's directing herself which I think she said she would never do again Mm. after doing this. It just needs to go a bit deeper, especially given the genre we've just seen. I mean, how many times have we seen this kind of thing? Yeah. But I will say it's committed. And that's really the core of Halle's brand anyway, commitment. But the thing is, at this moment, I don't know what distinguishes this as a Halle Berry film. We're not there yet in her directorial career. Plus, it's too long long. How many times you got to say this? It is on Netflix, though. And you do have Hallie. You have the cast members. They all came to work. So if you're interested, it's right there. Check it out. Well, there you have that. Let's go to Benedetta. Oh, my goodness.
0: This is in theaters December 3rd, but it's on demand for everyone to see on the 21st of December. And this comes to us from IFC Films. Now, this... Like I said, everything we talk about is focusing around women. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was giggling because I saw um, what it, the original book was entitled. And I'll tell you in a second. But first, this is coming to us by, <laughs> um, excuse me, directed from, uh, by um, Paul um, Verhoven. It's written by David um, Birk. And it's also, you know, written by Paul. Judith C. Brown wrote the original book that which this is based on, and it's called *Immodest Acts, The Life of a Lesbian Numb in Renaissance Italy. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if that title doesn't tell you what this movie's about, then you know. Yes. Um, but uh let's talk about the cast. Um Virginie Um Ifira, is starring in it Charlotte Rampling, who I'm sure is the the, the mother nun.
1: Yes, of uh, <laughs> But yes, she's exactly. no what
0: was that nun movie where, where the woman was we saw in Sundance was rolling on the ground? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the <laughs> silence <is> the novitiate. <laughs> the vicious? <laughs> I'm sure Charlotte kept it classy. Um I can't remember that actress's name. It was someone we know and love, but um, oh,
1: also- yes. Yeah. <laughs> It'll, it's going to
0: come to you. The mama from Why, The Fighter. We are going to... Oh, Melissa Leo. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. There we go. <laughs> now, listen, if you want to see... What do they call it? Not a queen mother. The head mother, head nun. Reverend you, mother,
1: yeah. the rev-
0: <laughs> If you want to see a great reverend mother performance... <laughs> It's unforgettable, and I'm sure Charlotte Rampling did uh, this character's justice. But let's move on to the rest yes. of the cast. <laughs> Daphne uh, uh, Patekia is also starring in it. Mm-hmm. Lambert Wilson, who I love from the Matrix trilogy,
1: he yes. plays yes um,
0: a very familiar. If you once you when you look at him, you're gonna go, "Oh my gosh, the mm-hmm. Um And you know, also another familiar. Uh, I'm sure there are other people, but specifically um pierre who is very familiar to us because he was in the uh the series lupin on netflix he was the um nemesis or the bad guy and he's Mm. also in this particular movie now we know what the book is about i think we have a feeling what's going on here uh but the question (sighs) is does it really pan out i mean Like I said, this is already coming to us in theaters. This, um, um, you know, it's already been in the theaters Mm -hmm. as of taping, and it's coming on demand. Do we go to the theaters to see this during the holidays? (laughs) Do we? I just. Or do we wait? Or do we just kind of breathe a little bit and maybe watch this after the holidays? I don't know.
1: This is like if you're in Greenwich Village in New York City for the holidays, like, <laughs> or you go to the, you go to the Angelica. <laughs> yeah, like it's that. If you're in that scene, you have at it. If not, let me just talk about this. I mean, the title of that book says so much, and it so also. Much. When you say Paul Verhoeven, you know what you're gonna get. Okay, Showgirls, everybody, among other things. I mean, his career spans movies. You you go wait. He directed Showgirls, and he directed like uh, RoboCop or something. Yeah. <laughs> Hollow Man. Oh, I mean, Starship I didn't... Troopers. Yeah, Basic yeah. Instinct. <laughs> That's Paul Verhoeven. Okay. Okay. So at the beginning of this film, we're introduced to Benedetta. She's a little girl who's on the road to an Italian convent with her parents and their servants during the 17th century. So you know what kind of road this is like. (laughs) But whom do they encounter along the way? And what kind of power protects Benedetta? I'll put it this way. You might not want to mess with the Virgin Mary. What? And then when they finally arrive at the convent, Benedetta's father has to contend with the Reverend Mother Abbess of course played by Charlotte Rampling. I mean Charlotte Rampling plays a Reverend Mother here. She played a Reverend Mother and Dude. <laughs> She's the Reverend Mother of actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, you better watch out. Now, what does this Abbess require to take Benedetta in? Okay? You don't just show up and become a nun. What you bring in? And what does Benedetta have to give up in return? Mm. 18 years pass. And a desperate young woman named Bartolomea asks to be taken in by the convent. But again, uh, excuse me, there's a price. So, how does Martolomea relate to Benedetta? What kind of relationship develops between them? What was that title again? A Modest Acts, The Life of a Lesbian Nun in Renaissance Italy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> Plus, to further complicate things, Benedetta starts to form a strong connection with Jesus, which creates opportunities for her and the priest in charge of the area, who wants much more than the trappings that his present station as a mere provost can provide. Whoa, okay. that's, you've got what some delicious that alliteration nice, there. Like that. Mm, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Can anyone stand in their way? The Reverend Mother? Is she going to be in the way? Now the Reverend Mother has a daughter as well who's a nun. What about her? <laughs> what about Bartolomea? What is she up to? Because she has some ideas that, uh, you know, Benedetta knew nothing about. So temptations abound. And you mentioned we have Lambert Wilson, who's the nuncio. He comes in later and he's going to have to call the shots here. He's really the man in charge. What does that mean? Now, to sum it all up there are three main questions posed by this film. One, what does it take to become a nun? Two, how does God lead you to that path? And three, how can people take advantage? Now, with that said, stylistically at times, this has the air of a classic Hollywood period piece. It's a modern take on that. You know, almost if you think like, we're going back to Ten Commandments, Been her, a modern kind of take stylistically. Okay. Not outside of that. But it's Verhoeven. He likes to poke and prod. And in particular, he uses his interpretation of that style to question Catholicism. So really, there are two themes that anchor this film, but is each theme successful? Well, to start, as an interrogation of what constitutes a saint, and the politics of power surrounding that, yes, this actually works. Now, when it comes to the sexual stuff, it just gets in the way of the other theme. That's it. The other one is more powerful and interesting. I know the title of that book. We need to see all of this. It was much stronger without it. So the question is, of course, this is why watch that. Should you watch this? Well, think of it this way. If you got anything out of The Last Temptation of Christ, here's how Benedetta compares. It's more straightforward in its presentation and probably more entertaining. But I would skip the sex if you can, because it's just lazy and completely unnecessary. And they're drumming up controversy. I know it's based on the real nun and all of that. It just didn't work for me. It didn't add anything. It just subtracted. Also, keep in mind that while this is set in Italy, everyone speaks in French. And their English subtitles. <laughs> 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 Including don't Charlotte. You, She's speaking French. Don't
0: play. Don't forget Charlotte as is a French woman um, yes. at, at best, <laughs> at heart. <laughs> um, so here's the deal. Let's end this with probably, I remember when the casting announcement came out. Yeah. And it was very divided. Just One, shock. Just shock and and I wouldn't even say awe, it was just shock. Shock. When they announced just one member of the of, of the cast. It wasn't the other member so much. But I'm talking about none other than the new movie being The Ricardos. A oh, why watch that sneak peek. And this is theatrically being released on the 10th of December but all of us can enjoy it if you have a Prime uh, account uh, and able to watch Prime video on the 21st mm-hmm. of just starting the 21st of December. It'll be available now. Of course, you're going to release theatrically because of the cast and the director.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: this is coming to us from Alan or excuse me, Alan Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Um, He both wrote it and directed it. You know how he does nowadays. He is, Uh I I feel like he's almost done with just mere writing. He wants to get behind that camera. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, his third release, I believe. And he's got another project coming out of him directing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, if you know anything about Aaron Sorkin, you know that he is a writer. This is the person who gave us the West wing and wrote all of uh, again, when we talk about Aaron Sorkin, if you know anything about theater, he is the David Mamet of television.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's fine with that. I've saw an interview where his mentor is actually David Mamet. So he worked with him, you know, it, it -hmm. actually, you know, he takes that as a very, very high compliment. Now, anytime you have Aaron Sorkin, you're going to attract certain cast. And, um, Javier Bardem is going to be one of those people you're going to attract. Uh, uh, Oscar winning J.K. Simmons, you're going to attract. Nina um, Arianda, along with, you know, getting people to come out of retirement. I feel like like Linda Lavin and Ronnie (laughs) Cox. Hello. Tony Hale and Jake Lacey, who just made a stint on um, the White Lotus Along mm-hmm. with um, Aaliyah Sawcat, who is you know making a splash all over indie film, and others, uh, <laughs> Nelson Franklin, who cracks me up. He was on Blackish, as uh, you know, he makes appearance. But you know Clark Gregg. Okay, on and on. We can go on and on. Mm-hmm. Now I did intentionally mention probably the lead uh, of this because this is the shocker. I said the title was Being the Ricardos. Now, you think Ricardos, you Mm -hmm. think, oh, huh, I love Lucy. Yes, Lucille Ball. But who do you think is playing Lucille Ball? Deborah Messing, who everybody Hmm. thinks should play her? Hmm. No. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, did she, you know, like, fit the role to do it? Because, you know, she's got the chops and the drama. Mm Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Um, I'm not going to say an American. It wasn't American because she is American. She just wasn't raised
1: here. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Nicole Kidman. What? Oh. Would you in a You million... mean they hired an actor to act?
0: Well, but it's Lucille Ball. So it's not yes, about it just the drama. You've got to have comedy. So I have a feeling we're going to disagree on this, which I'm so excited if we are. Being the Ricardos is about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz during a very strenuous time in their marriage. And not only in their marriage, but a strenuous time in Hollywood. And that you are going to get into. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you cross this line or if someone accuses you of crossing a specific line, not only could you lose your job, but you could also be
1: blackballed, which means you ain't working. Right. Yeah. And uh, a question is, does this require comedic chops, this movie? <clears throat> now, I think we're going to
0: disagree. That's great.
1: <laughs> so, going back to Aaron Sorkin, You mentioned, of course, the West Wing. This man wrote A Few Good Men. I mean, Moneyball, The Social Network. He ain't direct none of it. What he wrote (laughs) and directed, starting with Molly's Game, then The Trial of the Chicago 7, and now this. How does his work compare when he's directing and when he's not? I'll come back to that. Please, Now I'm going to come back to it too because we both saw this. I know you are. I know you are. You, you, you about to, you about to go in. So look, let me tell y'all something. The ref was talking about, this is a consequential time in the lives of Lucille Ball and hubby Desi. And what they do is they have people who work with them in the present, introducing us to what was happening at that time. So, what we see is across a five day work week, them getting prepared to do a certain episode of their show. I love Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> love that theme song. So every day we see how they're at the table read the whole cast and the writers and the directors, you know, the people who are putting up the money. It's not just the network, by the way, it's a certain conglomerate. Mm hmm. But at this time, something's going on with Lucille. She's normally picky. But in this particular episode, she's really picky. She won't let any scene go through without going, wait, no, uh, I'm sorry. Now, who's playing the uh, neighbors in this show? Who are these actors? J.K. Simmons and Nina Arianda. So they're acting in this thing, too, and they know what they're doing. Does she care? And what is Desi's role? Because one of the themes here is Desi was doing a lot, but you may not have known it. Who really had the power here? Now, something is potentially going to explode when it comes to Lucille. Something from her past. Now, the ref was hinting at it. At this time, it was the McCarthy era. The Red Scare. Now, Lucille has red hair. Is there something else going on? Mm. How'd she get that red hair, by the way? Mm. So she gets all roped up into this. And look, I Love Lucy is a mega hit. 60 million people are watching. Which is, like, even now. <laughs> yes. yes. Even now. Even now. And, and remember, at this time... There were fewer people in the United States in the population. I mean, now that would be what, 20% of the population watching it? Well, they had to reconstruct that. This
0: is as, as pop, they had to reconstruct shopping around <laughs> right, right. when I Love Lucy comes out because ain't nobody shopping on
1: Thursday. Ain't nobody. So, <laughs> this is, I mean, this is very important here. So that is the immediate threat. If this breaks, can this show withstand it? Is there a way around it? Mm. Now, in addition to that, who in the world are Lucy and Desi? How did they meet? What's their marriage like? Because it's said in the movie that they're either fighting or tearing each other's clothes off. Now, those are two extremes, by the way. Mm-hmm. Now, are other people's clothes being torn off? That's a question. How did they come to be this married couple? How did they meet? How did their skills line up? How did they come to have this show? What does Lucy really want for her career? What did she want? What could she have had? All of these things are explored. And there's a certain director she don't want to see ever, but he's there say that so in the end the question is will this show continue will they actually not only get this episode uh, on the air well, but will it go forward i mean we there's that no need to pose that like literally yeah. no need they pose it uh, i don't
0: i know that's what i'm yeah. saying
1: Yeah. oh yes yes exactly so now let's talk about this i started watching this ref with my brother I was like, let's check it out. I mean, you know, Nicole Kidman, Javier, J.K., Nina, all of these people, Aaron Sorkin. But Aaron Sorkin, writing and directing. That's when I go, ooh. From the beginning, about five minutes in, I turned to my brother and I. you know what I said, Ref? I don't like this. Five minutes in. You know what he said? Me neither. Mm -hmm. I finished it. This is a drama everybody. Unnecessarily in my opinion, but okay. We agree. Where you can't do a movie <laughs> on Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz showing I love Lucy and it not work. None and I mean not one beat lands. And this cast, you can't blame them. You cannot. It is a writing, editing issue. I cannot blame these people. They are brilliant. I mean, Nina Arianda, you may not know her. You'd know her if you saw her. She is an amazing stage act. Just amazing. Tony Award winning. She knows what she's doing. And you you can can feel it. She landed her stuff. Her stuff she landed. They're trying. The the problem is the editing gets in the way of it. It's... it's, I, in my opinion, Aaron does not know, know how to direct his writing. He, it's almost like when he gets behind the camera, he doesn't know his own rhythm. It's very strange. It's very strange. I don't know if it's he's writing for his directing or if he's just that that switch something is off.
0: Well, here's the thing. Aaron Sorkin, like David Mamet, they ha- w- When you watch any of his movies, there is a certain rhythm. He, the, his writing locks you into a certain rhythm as an actor. Mm-hmm. You, you're either on it or you're not. You're either you're either with it or you're not. Watch Allison Janney. She, yeah, is able to make it her own. Watch, you know, uh, just some of the even um, the, the the young man from uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Who did a great job mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with that rhythm, but the
1: thing about it is, if you're not there to check it, <laughs> yes, it could be a little wonky. It, yeah, and, and it just it, uh, it it's almost baffling when you start watching it. You're like, oh, like when J.K. Simmons has a joke and it's not landing. What is going on? So I, this is just a confused movie. I think it's confused from Inception. Based on how it, it it's come to be, the the missing comedy. I mean, they try for the comedy; it doesn't really work. It, it, it's just a big missed opportunity. Now, um, go to a theater. No, Prime Video. I, I guess just start it. I would say and see. I, I mean, Javier. I love Javier. He, you know, to me, he, he can felt do natural. No wrong. Yeah, he yeah, felt it's, natural. It's natural. It's just. Ooh, I don't know. Well, you, go ahead. Here's
0: the thing. Here's the thing that I've got it all just in my head here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who am I to tell Aaron Sorkin anything or any of these people, anything? This is just obviously our perspective and our experiences. Let's put that out there. We're consumers so from,
1: and viewers. That's who we Yes.
0: Are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't buy this. <laughs> <laughs> I did this for this review. So I have <laughs> to be honest in saying, I didn't know what we're focusing on. The thing about it is I never felt the danger. There's, yeah. they talk all throughout the the whole show that they're, and, and when I say show, it should have been a, it should have been on something like Hulu. It should have been multiple mm. episodes because it was way mm-hmm. too long and um, there was way too many TV moments of just standing around and talking, yeah. which Aaron Sorkin is brilliant at. If maybe it translated into, um, break it up into actual acts mm-hmm. It would have been much much better To consume First of all never felt the danger Well second of all never felt the danger ever We know Lucille but we know It's only the second season we know it goes On season after season so You know <laughs> that, never felt The danger that she was going to be you know Blackballed because we Know that she wasn't so really what was This about yeah. because He had He had tried to go weave in between her career, fighting her career, trying to become, you know, this kind of actress and this kind of performer, battling who she wants to be as a woman to her husband. Mm -hmm. I would rather have focused on who she wants to be as a woman to her husband, because we don't even know the consequence of being blackballed. Had they showed us someone else or referred to someone else who had been blackballed, we didn't know that he assumed that we knew that. So, if you assume that we know what it means to be McCarthyized, mm-hmm. then don't we know what happened to Lucille? So, that's got to be set aside. If it is about the relationship, then I need more time with. The I and the Lucy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's who I need more time with. And that's really when more of the magic work because there really wasn't any comedy. It really Whoa. was, it really was a, a, it was an okay drama at that. Um, and I did realize that the kids are EPs, they're children. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure they had a lot of input mm-hmm. to say, I'm going to tell you the best performance on here. And you're never gonna guess who gave the best performance. I thought that is what you do. You she's got the rhythm, it mm-hmm. sounds natural, it felt real, I felt connected, and she ain't delivered no drama. Linda Lavin yeah. plays this woman who recalls some events, and she's just sitting in a chair in front of a pool. Yeah, and she's and she she pauses when she's supposed to. She contemplates when she's supposed to. You can hear her thinking, "Should yep. I say that or not?" To me, that's the best performance. I know it sounds weird, but that's what I wanted to feel. It's the '60s pe- or '50s people. I mean, come on! There should be rhythm and 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 um energy. Uh,
1: Just you know, energy. like spice. And and you know, she's all her scenes are alone. See, that's the thing because she's yes. playing the older version of Ali yeah. Shawcat's character. You know, so she's sitting there. She got to worry about dealing with somebody else's stuff. Yeah. It it definitely
0: was missing rhythm. Now, here's what I have to say. It was a huge miscast. Mm -hmm. Huge miscast. Nicole Kidman is a brilliant actress. She really is. But she is not a brilliant comedic actress. She, in fact, I've not seen her do comedy well at all. (laughs) At all. It's just not her thing. And that's okay. That is okay because she can count how many Oscar, you know, nominations and amazing roles that she's, she's gotten. This to me is not, it, the drama wasn't called for. We know it was going to happen. It didn't, you didn't tell us the consequences. So there was nothing to counterbalance that drama. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, Somebody in a wig with some prosthetics on their face, (laughs) Uh, uh, you know,
1: walking around in costume.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, to be honest, at the end of the day, if you're a Lucille Ball fan and you love I Love Lucy and it's your thing, I think you have to approach this very, very tenderly and 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 cautiously because you are not going to get I Love Lucy here. You are getting scenes from it reenactments. But it is not going to be based in comedy. It's not, even the way they flash to those scenes, it is right. not for comedic purposes. It's, it's used, that tool is used for something else. At the end of the day, being the Ricardos is another, you know, niche in Aaron Sorkin's belt that he can say that he wrote and directed something. But is it the kind of niche you want to have, you know, an experience with, I say perceived with extreme Caution. Ooh, caution. Now, with that being said, that's all we got for you for television this week. We will, or excuse me, for movies this week. (laughs) We will definitely 100% be delivering a lot more. There's a whole barrage of things that are coming Mm. your way. So stay locked here. And why watch that? We promise we're not going to steer you wrong.
1: Thanks for listening. For additional resources,